Yes, it is that time again. It is that time again. It is the Chief Stone Podcast. My name is Farzim Vasugi, and welcome into another episode of the Chief Stone Podcast. Hope you guys are enjoying your frigid December, or maybe not as frigid, depending where you are across the country or across the world, even. Uh, as we do have a lot of people outside the country who listen. But nonetheless, appreciate you guys taking the time to download and listen to this episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. I know it's probably a busy time for everybody just trying to get things wrapped up with work and everyone wanting to get time off for the holidays. So if you are listening to this, definitely appreciate you guys making some time for us here on the Chief Zone Podcast. Zach Stegna and DJ Evans here with me on this episode. And in this episode, we will... Recap the game between the Chiefs and the Broncos. We will also preview the game between the Chiefs and Bears. Terrell Suggs, future Hall of Famer, the newest Chief on this roster. Also, the Pro Bowl list is out. Which Chiefs made it? We'll go over that. And also, we'll tell you which game you should keep an eye on as the playoff picture continues to unfold. And starting to get closer and closer to the end of the season, what do the Chiefs need to have happen in order to get a bye week for the postseason. All of that and more here on this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. You can listen to me, or excuse me, you can follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Farzine Wasugi, and follow all of us on Twitter at Farzine21, at ZStegna, and at ChiefsFanChai. You can text in 913-808-2119. We'll read a couple of texts later on. Again, that's 913-808-2119. And subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean, and if you haven't heard it already, go listen to our most recent episode with Joe Valerio, former Chiefs offensive lineman, super, super nice guy. We love talking to him. Really great having Joe on last week. If you haven't heard it yet, go listen to that. Never too late to listen to any of those uh, previous episodes. I know the preview and recap, all of that's kind of out of date now, but still never too late. Go check out that interview with Joe Valerio if you haven't already. Real quick note, next week on Tuesday the 24th, since the Chiefs and uh, Bears game is going to stay on Sunday Night Football, the next episode will be on Thursday, uh, or excuse me, um, it will be on uh, Tuesday the 24th. Uh, that'll be the next episode of the podcast, and then after that, it's going to be Christmas. I'll be out of town. Uh, I'm sure Zach and DJ, they've got their own Christmas festivities going on. The next episode, it'll either be on January the 2nd, uh, which is a Thursday, or Friday the 3rd. We, we will recap the Chargers game and preview whatever is going to end up happening for the Chiefs for that weekend. Uh, obviously a little bit early, but nonetheless, that is the schedule for the podcast for the next couple of weeks. And as I said, joining me each and every episode, it is Zach and DJ. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing this week? Man, I'm great, Fars. You know, just kind of wrapping up here at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, life is always better when the Chiefs are able to beat the Broncos, so... No complaints yes. <laughs> out here in New York. Yeah, same in Chicago. It was uh, pretty chilly here today, negative wind chills uh, in the morning uh, when I went to court, so that was fun. Uh, but it helps to have a security badge to get ahead of the line uh, that's waiting outside. So, And for those <laughs> of you keeping score good. at home, DJ was not in court for himself. He is a lawyer. He belongs there. It's okay. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, for those wondering, DJ, why were you sued? This, why were you sued this week? <laughs> that's yeah, that, that, any, anytime you never hear, know, <laughs> you never know with me. Yeah, I'm crazy. Um, all right, we got a lot to get into, so let's jump right into it. Uh, I listen. I don't have a whole lot to say about this game between the Chiefs and the Broncos, and, and I'll let you guys chime in as well. Um, I think my biggest takeaway in this football game. The Patrick Mahomes came back. The Chiefs offense came back. 
Um, and this is, look, I know a lot of people will say, well, you're only as good as your record says you are. Some people will agree with that, some don't. I do agree with that, but that doesn't mean that teams are a cakewalk by any means. Uh, this Broncos defense is very good. Very good. They've been good all year. They've been good for quite some time. This Broncos offense, uh, throughout the season, they have not been good. But Drew Locke, I mean, they started to pick up some steam with Drew Locke. So this was definitely a challenge coming in. And with, with the weather, given the situation there, this football team showed up. You look at what this football team was able to do. Let's start with the offense of Patrick Mahomes. 25 of 30 for 309 yards and two touchdowns. In three quarters. Now, I know he threw an interception in the second half, and I thought, honestly, that was just a great defensive play there. Uh, But he did all of that in three quarters in the snow. And I know, you know, Patrick had a great game in that Tennessee game, which I know that ended poorly, but uh, still played a great game there. And then during this winning streak, Patrick kind of went on the slump. The Chiefs offense kind of took a bit, bit of a backseat. Now we're starting to see them pick it up a little bit. Travis Kelsey had a monster game, 11 catches for 142 yards, shattered the NFL record, four straight 1,000-yard receiving seasons uh, by a tight end. Never been done by Gronk, Gonzalez, Gates. Uh, kind of surprising, but Kelsey, the first one to be able to do that. Um, this Chiefs offense overall did a much better job in this game. The only issue for me in the first half, they weren't finishing drive necessarily outside of that. I can't complain a whole lot about what this offense did, given the defense that you were playing and given the weather uh, that happened out there, which, you know, never an excuse by any means. It's not like this just suddenly happened, and even if it did, you know, both teams are dealing with it. So overall, for me, no complaints whatsoever with the offense that we saw on Sunday. No, not at all. And, I mean, realistically, you know, Mahomes throwing for – 309 yards in the snow oh and in three quarters that's important to note but you know if you had told me that we were going to have a freaking blizzard going on and that Mahomes was still going to throw for 300 yards I would have laughed at you most likely I mean don't get me wrong Mahomes does Mahomes things but especially coming off of this most recent slump uh you know I wouldn't necessarily believed you on that uh but you know tremendous performance on his side and you know couldn't help but laugh uh he was asked about you know playing in the snow and he actually suggested that he prefers it because it makes the ball a little stickier uh gives him a little bit more of a grip uh which i just couldn't help but laugh at because you know no quarterback tells you they enjoy playing in the snow and those that do are probably lying to you except in this case quite possibly mahomes you look very comfortable uh, a lot more comfortable than he's looked in the last few weeks out there he had another crazy play that i'll be on highlight reels for years um with the two-point conversion um to sammy Watkins, who i was hoping that would be a touchdown because sammy hasn't had one since week one but um nonetheless it was a it was a crazy play in really crazy weather conditions um the thing i'm still a little bit concerned about having watched the game rewatched the game yesterday is the running game because we're still we just we don't have anybody that's you know I don't want to say bell cow running back but we don't have anybody that we can count on consistently to get you know if it's third and three to get those three three yards like we the scheming has been let's do a screen pass to Blake Bell or do something else we don't have that guy right now and I'm 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 that's the, the biggest concern for me of anything with the Chiefs, uh, and shockingly, I would have said the defense. If you talked to me last year, it's our running game. We just have we don't really have an established running game, 
And so we'll see what we can do the rest of the year. I don't know how much they can change that. You know, what? what's surprising to me is, and I'm glad you mentioned the third and short situations because that was a big issue in the New England game. And, I mean, if the Patriots maybe played their cards right, and I know people want to talk about the controversy in that game, but, you know, the Patriots also made some crucial mistakes in that game as well. But, man, if the Chiefs just use their creativity, and this is kind of on Andy Reid, look, uh, which game was it where Travis Kelsey took the snap and ran it? In? Was it the Patriots, Patriots game? Patriots game, yep. Okay, I love that play. Like, the, the, like, why don't we see more of that? When you have not just Travis Kelsey, not just Sammy Watkins, not just Tyree Kill, not just uh, McCole Hardman, and again, you know, DJ, you alluded to this, you don't have the, uh, you know, most flashiest names at the running back position, but you have the personnel to pull off all these trick plays. I mean, look, these defenses are scrambling and panicking when they see Tyree Kill on one side and McCole Hardman on one side. Oh, by the way, when they're lined up on the same side or if Travis Kelsey's right beside them, I mean, it is pretty hard to adjust to uh, when the whole pre-snap movement is all happening right there. So, you know, why aren't we seeing more of these trick play situations? Because that is the best time to do it on a third and short or a fourth and short right there. Um I'm just really surprised under Andy Reid and given all these players we've had, even before McCole Hardman, because I understand he's a rookie, when you've had these speedsters on your football team, and I'll even throw Demarcus Robinson's name in there too, you should be able to pull off these these plays on third and short, but we're just not. I mean, here's what I hope. I hope that the reason is Andy's holding back because before Andy would show his cards to put up big leads on teams and maybe he has found that that's not necessarily the best way to approach things at this point because then in the playoffs you become very predictable So and you get shut out in the first half of a playoff game. So my hope is that you you saw the trick play with Kelsey against the Patriots. You didn't see that this year, uh, really. You didn't see trick plays like that. So he brought it out against the Patriots. I'm hoping that there's going to be more of that come playoff time um, but you don't know. I mean, it's totally speculation. Yeah, but I don't think it's any coincidence whatsoever that it came out against the Patriots for the first no time. No way, yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about the defense. Uh, look, Drew Locke, you know, sure, he had those two good games. Uh, and I'm sure there was some hype for Broncos fans because uh, your rookie quarterback just beat the team that beat the Patriots and the Texans, and now you could have had the same thing said for two weeks in a row. So I'm sure there was a lo- little bit of that kind of hype coming into this football game. Plus, he's a Mizzou guy, so a lot of there was that homecoming hype uh, that I'm sure was taking place in Denver, and the CBS guys definitely built that up as well. Um, but he was this from the Summit didn't too. Really, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, coming out of Lee Summit. And by the way, like. I'm so tired of this story about how, you know, oh, he dated Clark Hunt's daughter, Gracie Hunt, and they broke up because he went to the... It's like, I don't give a damn. I really don't. I'm sorry. Like, and I don't... Look, now that I'm on this topic, I just have to rant. It's like, the Chiefs players and their, you know, really attractive girlfriends, they're out drinking on a Sunday night. It's like, who gives a you-know-what? Like, they're drinking. They're above 21. Did they get into a fight? Did they get in trouble? Like... Like, everything is news nowadays with these guys. It's like, if they get in trouble, write about it. But if nothing happened, just leave them alone. It was funny, but, 
funny you say that because the first thing I thought of when I saw the video of uh, Mahomes and Kelsey out with their girlfriends was someone's going to come out and say, Tom Brady would never. He would never do that after a game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's too busy um, you know, tucking his kids in at home. You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he's much older. That's part of the game. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I'm in my late 20s now. I mean, I don't go out as, as much as I used to before. I mean, that's just part of it. Yeah, I mean, Patrick's, what, 23, 24? Yeah, of course he's going to go out a lot. Uh, doesn't have any priorities. I mean, he just plays football. That's it. Uh, must be living the dream. But anyway, uh, in any event, uh, you had that storyline with Drew Locke. His personal dating life came up and all. Uh, but this Chiefs defense didn't care about any of that, and that's good to see. And I've got to say, you know what? people make a big deal out of stats. I get statistics are, you know, sexy and nice and they mean more. You can use that more to to, to make uh, a, a case for a player. But Chris Jones and Frank Clark, they had zero sacks in this game. But do you know what else they had? And, and, and thankfully, there's a stat for this. They had five quarterback hits combined. That's a big reason why this Broncos team was nearly shut out in this football game. Drew Locke was 18 of 40. Now, in his defense, there were a lot of drop passes, and in my opinion, some lazy effort from some of his pass catchers. Uh, Cortland Sutton, who apparently was making some sort of promise that they were going to dethrone the Chiefs from the division this year, which is interesting in and of itself. He had four catches for 79 yards, which was good, but the Chiefs found a way to slow this Broncos offense down, and they picked up some momentum in the second half of this football game. Uh, Tyron Matthew had a pick that should have remained, but there was that bogus holding call, which, hey, you know what? Next play anyway, Juan Thornhill came away with an interception. So no big deal. This Chiefs defense still found a way to stand up and make some plays when it mattered the most. And, uh, you know, defensively speaking overall, uh, I, I mean, this defense has been playing really well. I keep wanting to say to myself, you know, this this team needs to be challenged a little bit, but they've been playing some good competition. Drew Locke has been uh, on a good streak for a couple of weeks. Uh, no one was able to stop him until the Chiefs. Tom Brady, okay, I get he's not having a great year, but you can't tell me that stopping Tom Brady in Foxborough is an easy task whatsoever. Um, this Chiefs defense has really proven a lot during this winning streak. I certainly think so, and I think that while the interceptions were great, the play that impressed me the most coming out of the secondary was actually the touchdown that Tyron Matthew essentially just knocked out of Cortland Sutton's hands. Yes. Um, you know, played it absolutely perfectly, 5-9 versus the 6-4 Sutton. Uh, and he was able to essentially just get his hand in there at the last possible second and knock it out. Took care of business. Uh, you know, that's a veteran play right there. And frankly, it's those sorts of things that... Uh, I'd like to see, you know, continue to see more and more of coming out of our uh, secondary, especially. Yeah, I was, I, I was, so with the defensive line, uh, the difference with the defensive line, because we had, obviously we tied, uh, I think with the Steelers last year for uh, number one in sacks. Correct. But the big difference I see is, especially with D Ford versus Frank Clark, is Frank Clark can play the run. And he has made, over the last few weeks, particularly a lot of plays to like tackles for losses uh but you know particularly defending the run um but the greatest other than you know that part of it the greatest for me the greatest improvement is the defensive backfield because we had no safety help last year we didn't and even when eric berry played in the afc championship game and you know the few games he played he wasn't Eric Berry. He wasn't the Eric Berry that we were accustomed to. So having Matthew back there, having Thornhill back there, 
the the cornerbacks are playing they're they're not superstars let's not kid ourselves but they are serviceable and they're good enough to give uh, the line some time to get to the quarterback particularly if that quarterback is not a mobile quarterback so it's it's it, it again I'll go back to I I thought you know we had a weight you can't expect to have this much turnover on defense and switch the scheme and have a new coordinator and expect day one that we're going to be the top defense in the league or a top 10 even or a top 15 even. And it's finally getting better. Some people are saying, you know, we really haven't had that many tests because, you know, the Patriots offense hasn't been that great. The Broncos offense isn't great. Uh, you know, Chargers, Spoiler alert, Raiders. we're not going to be tested this week either. True. <laughs> But, but, but it's an improvement because teams last year, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, teams that we didn't think had a good offense, uh, were lighting us up. And so I, I, you can see it in the personnel that we are a better defense and at least Spagnola is willing to make adjustments, which Bob Sutton was never willing to do. Well, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, teams that didn't have great offenses, they were still able to put up points against us. Remember in 2013 when the Chiefs started 9-0, and a lot of people did not want to give the Chiefs credit because they were playing an easy schedule, which they were. But my defense to that was they're still proving something because some of those teams that they were beating in 2013, like the Raiders, the Browns, uh, the Bills, those are teams they got destroyed by in the most recent season before that, in 2012. So, look, you know, you got to have these building blocks. And I understand, you know, from 2012 to 2013, you went from 2-14 and 14 to 9-0. and 0. That hardly happens. Uh, but even then, not everything was perfect for the Chiefs. So some of that stuff does take time to build, and sometimes it can happen really quickly. Uh there was both of that in the 2012 to 2013 change, but yeah, overall, you know, there is uh, there there there's some good reasons to feel good about this Chiefs defense. There really is. Um, last four games, defense allowing 11.25 points per game, and since Week 11, uh, they have uh, allowed the fewest offensive touchdowns in the NFL. So it's a lot of fun to see this defense go out there make a lot of big plays. Uh, my only thing. I'd like to see them try to improve a little bit against the run. And we saw that this week where the Broncos ran 15 times for 52 yards. That's a 3.5 yard per carry average. Whereas the Patriots, they ran a 4.3 4. yard per carry average. The Raiders and the Chargers almost ran 5 yards a carry. Uh, so the Chiefs got a little bit better in that category. And the Broncos have a couple of really good running backs. Now, they had to abandon the running game because they were getting blown out in this football game. That's part of it. And if if you can get off to good leads like this, get off to good starts, have that those those big leads early, well, then you force teams to abandon the run and you don't have to worry about that. Because I still think that's a weakness on this defense. But if you have those big leads, don't got to worry about it too much. Uh, real quickly, we'll um, we'll get into Terrell Suggs, but let's talk about this just real quickly. So, from 2012 to 2015, the Broncos beat the Chiefs in seven straight games. The Chiefs have now responded since that last loss. That was the Jamal Charles fumble, the infamous Jamal mm-hmm. Charles fumble. The Chiefs responded by winning nine straight against the Broncos from 2015 to 2019. And... Uh, by like the way, the Chiefs are 20, 
Yeah, uh, the, the Chiefs, by the way, 26-3 and in the AFC West since the beginning of 2015. They've lost to each of the division rivals just once Amazing. since 2015. Uh, I mean, that's pretty impressive at this point. Andy Reid right there. He has always owned yes. his division, and he continues to do so. Um, you know, I just hope for a little bit more playoff success here in Kansas City than he had in Philly, but that's 100% on Andy Reid right there, and that's why we brought him in. And DJ, here's a really cool stat. Even though we still have one more division game left, we can already go ahead and say that since 2015, the Chiefs have either been 5-1 and or 6-0 and in division games each year since 2015. That's and pretty that's, cool. That's a, it is, and it's a level of dominance um, you rarely ever see unless you, unless you play in the AFC East and you're the Patriots. But um, honestly, we are <laughs> Von Miller, if you heard his quote after the game, sounded very deflated. Um, oh yeah, he you know he's he's hit the age of thirty. He's kind of at a crossroads in his career because he's he, he's still obviously I think he's still elite. But he's also on a team that's rebuilding, and they're not going to compete for at least the next few years. So I, I, I wonder, and I know, you know, I'm not the only one to bring this up. Other stations have brought this up too. But I wonder if he will be on the Broncos next year because it doesn't sound like he wants to be from his court after the game. He he just – and that's a, it's crazy to think about how badly we were getting owned by the Broncos – for a couple of years, and they won a Super Bowl, obviously, uh, you know, five or six years ago, to, yeah. to the point where we they just can't beat us. And Cortland Sutton was really mad after the game. Uh, he he just said he flat out does not like the Chiefs. Like he he doesn't he doesn't like them. <laughs> and I think he's and one a thing I'll say for too, that, right? Like, while I understand that that's not something you want to hear as a Chiefs fan, I'm not going to lie to you. I actually kind of like to hear that. Uh, plain and simple, because I like the fact that it brings a level of intensity back to the rivalry that realistically, the, you know, if there's one thing that disappeared during those streaks that you mentioned, both the Broncos, I think it was seven game streak that you mentioned, and then uh, our, you know, subsequent nine game and counting streak, you know, it doesn't, you know, while it's obviously great to have the, the winning streak there, it certainly does knock the rivalry down a peg or two. I mean, there were some really amazing, uh, you know, games in that span, but uh, I, I feel like the uh, rivalry factor has tapered off a little bit uh, from where it once was, and so it's good to see some of that starting to return. Do you feel like the, yeah? The, it's so, just good. Sorry to, to cut. Oh, you. go ahead, DJ. For, sorry, Farzine. Uh, do you think the turning point was that Broncos Sunday night game where Tyreek Hill um, had the touchdown return and then caught that pass at the end of the game, and then the field goal where uh, it bounced? I think it was Carol Santos bouncing oh. off the upright. Mm-hmm. It yep. seems like that was like the turning point in the rivalry, which is like because Alex Smith was still the quarterback, but it felt like that was like that was it right there because everybody I, thought the game was over when Philip Gaines just gave yep. up the easiest touchdown in the world twice to Trevor Simeon. That was bad. Passes. <laughs> yeah, Trevor Simeon of all. I mean, that, by the way, that was probably one of my favorite, maybe my favorite Chiefs game ever because. There were so many times where I thought we were going to lose. Um, I do agree. That's actually a good point. Uh, I've never thought of it that way, but that that might have been the turning point. Um, I mean, the Chiefs have been able to handle these, de- de- uh, really just these deflating losses to Denver. And, you know, that, that Christmas Day game 
or Christmas night, I should say, a few years ago or a couple of years ago. That was a good one, too. And just to see Dontari Poe go and throw a touchdown pass to Demetrius <laughs> Harris, of all people, like, that was just icing on the cake. Just, like, rubbing it in and, and just Broncos fans having to question the rivalry at that point. So, yeah, it is nice to see some dominance because, look, there are two important things in sports for fans. Championships and rivalries. And the Chiefs definitely running the table sixth straight win in the AFC West. Let's move along here and talk about this Terrell Suggs edition. Very interesting as Alex Okafor, uh, very unfortunate, dealing with uh, a a torn pec uh, out for the season. Uh, The other defensive end who the Chiefs brought in, Emmanuel Ogba, in a trade from the Browns, also out for the season. So these two guys, not, you know, big names, pro bowlers by any means, but definitely have been strong contributors uh, for the Chiefs trying to replace Justin Houston and D Ford and it's really unfortunate to see these two guys go out, whereas now you bring in Terrell Suggs, a future Hall of Famer, drafted in 2003. By the way, one of two players from the 2003 class still playing, the other one being Jason Witten, who retired for one year. Uh, Super Bowl champion, seven-time Pro Bowler, uh, 2011 Defensive Player of the Year, uh, also holds the NCAA record for 24 sacks in a single season, ninth all-time in sacks with 138 Turned 37 a couple of months ago, and in the 13 games he was in Arizona, uh, five and a half sacks, 37 tackles, four forced fumbles, which is pretty good. Uh, that is high up there in the NFL, four forced, forced fumbles, excuse me. So, uh, look, uh, I know a lot of people mention his age. Yeah, uh, he, he's up there, but he's still going out there and getting it done. Uh, not a lot of pass rushers at 37 would be able to do the things that Terrell Suggs is doing, so... I like this addition, even before the Alex Okafor injury. Uh, I thought this was something the Chiefs seriously needed to consider, and now you're seeing even more help at this defense right now. And, you know, I'll say this about Brett Veach. A couple of years ago, we brought in Darrell Rivas. I know that never panned out to what we would have liked for that to be. Uh, but you at least tried. Last year, not a future Hall of Famer, but a notable name in Kelvin Benjamin, who had some flashes in his career before. You were, you were still trying to do something, and you brought in Kelvin Benjamin. And now, again, you're trying to do something late in the year, bringing in Terrell Suggs. I've got to say, I really appreciate the effort from Brett Veach in trying to do this kind of thing where, you know, you know it's not, you know, the best name in the world. Those players are never available this late in the season, but you're at least trying to make that Super Bowl, Super Bowl push. That's what this move tells me. That's a good way to put it. And the other thing that I'm just excited to see here is that, you know, bringing in Sizzle to go across from Frank Clark and Chris Jones, man, like, you know, whether or not it's, uh, you know, an incredibly effective defensive front, I happen to believe that it will be. But regardless, that is easily the most fun defensive front you're going to find in the league. Yeah, I mean, this move uh, reminded me of back in, and you guys were maybe a little too young for this, but back in 1998, um, the 49ers brought Charles Haley back after he had burned a bridge with the 49ers, and obviously we won't go into that, that's a long story, but <clears throat> they brought Charles Haley, I think he had been retired for at least two years, maybe three, and they brought him in just for the playoffs um, to be just a situational pass, pass rusher. And that's what I expect Terrell Suggs to be. He's not look. He's not going to play 70, 80 snaps a game, or seventy percent, or eighty percent of the snaps a game. I, I expect him to come in mostly on obvious passing downs and contribute, be a veteran, you know, presence in the locker room. I think he might be 
still the only player that the Chiefs have on their team that has Super Bowl experience. I'm not sure about that. I think before the season there was nobody on the Chiefs um, player-wise that had Super Bowl experience. So they they have no. A guy you now. might. I think you're right about. So they that. have a guy now, and you know a lot of people were saying, well, maybe he won't report. I know Jason LaConforta said he wasn't going to report. Um, well, he's a Baltimore wonk, so of course, of course he's going to say of that. Of course, and, <laughs> and here, here's the thing. I mean, you look at it, you have a choice. You could just retire or you could play for a potential Super Bowl champion. What are you going to do? And then the craziest thing I've seen is people suggesting that that he's coming to the Chiefs just to give the Baltimore Ravens info. <laughs> Like, but uh, let me just—he's a Hall of Famer. He—he he is likely going to be a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he's first first ballot, but he's a Hall of Famer, and he's oh, going to come to the Chiefs Hall of Famer. with right, and he's going to come first. to the Chiefs and, and risk uh, being a Hall of Fame or a Hall of Fame linebacker because he wants to help out his old pals, the Ravens, that obviously didn't want to pay him as much as the Cardinals did. Well, here's the thing: not only did the Ravens, you know, let him walk, but they didn't even put a waiver claim for him. That's the team he wanted to go back to. They didn't even put a waiver claim for him. A couple of other teams did, and the Chiefs happened to be on top of that list. Um, the second thing, look, yeah, sure, he wanted to go to Baltimore, but if you go to a team that right now has a number three seed in the AFC, oh, by the way, their quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, are you really going to sit sit, sit out on the sidelines for that? I mean, come on. Uh, let's use a little bit of logic here. Um, I've, I'll be honest. I've not had a chance. It's been a kind of a crazy Wednesday. I've not had a chance to hear uh, Frank Clark's or not Frank Clark, uh, Terrell Suggs media session yet. Uh, I'll definitely check it out. I so imagine that topic. You came won't out. hear it. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. See, there's All nothing right. to hear on it. But one of the comments <laughs> that he made, um, you know, in a conversation with Andy, obviously, uh, you know, he had said something to the effect of, you know, a guy like me doesn't fit in in just any locker room. And Andy was like, oh, don't worry. You're going to fit in just fine here. Uh, and I guess Steve Spagnuolo <laughs> had coached him uh, in Baltimore, uh, I believe, in like 13, 14 uh, sort of time frame. And, you know, absolutely vouched for him. And so he said that, you know, it, it took absolutely no selling whatsoever, which I'm sure Ravens fans don't want to hear. But let's be honest, I don't think Ravens fans are going to take too kindly to him sacking Lamar Jackson either. So I think they're just going to have to get over it. Look, Ravens fans need to just relax. You've got the number one seed in the AFC right now. I get you lost to the Chiefs, but that was in week three, okay? Both teams have changed drastically since then. Every team has changed. I mean, most teams, I should say. Uh, You've got the number one seed, all right? Just just simmer down. Relax. You're okay. You'll be just fine. Um, Not saying, you know, you're the number one seed. Season's over. You're champions. No, but... Just, just relax a little bit. Um, your team didn't want him. I mean, that's just the truth at the end of the day. Uh, but nonetheless, Terrell Suggs coming into Kansas City should be very interesting. Interesting to see this defensive change uh, and and how it's going to happen. Uh, he said he does anticipate on playing this week. I know I, I did read that on social media. Uh, I know he was asked about that. He said he does plan on it. Uh, he does plan on playing this Sunday night against Chicago. Real quickly, uh, before we get into the Bears game, I want to get into the playoff picture. But before that, Pro Bowlers. Um, okay, I know nobody cares until the Pro Bowl list comes out. That's when people care. And they talk about who was snubbed and who you know got in that shouldn't have been voted in. But obvious names, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Chris Jones. Uh, a couple surprises here, McCole Hardman. Not voted in as a wide receiver, but as a special teams player. Um, uh, as a he, return he's, he's specialist. 
Or a return specialist. And, yeah. and only you know, as a return specialist. Did, did Jalen Ramsey vote for him for that? That was yeah, my best maybe. Jalen Ramsey impression. Not my best work, but I tried. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think there were a couple of other players that maybe should have gotten in over McCall Hardman for this. But, you know, his average is up there with one of the best in the NFL. So not the biggest deal in the world. Frank Clark, he's been playing like a pro bowler lately. But here's the thing. He got off to a really slow start. And generally, if you get off to slow starts, that doesn't necessarily bode well for your Pro Bowl case, if you can even call it that. So Tyron Matthew, he did not get in, and I think he should have. I know he didn't have the greatest stats early on in the season, and that's probably why he did not get voted in. Uh, He may be an alternate. I don't know if those uh, get released. Maybe, you know, once certain teams, uh, you know, decide to forego because of an injury or if they're playing the Super Bowl. And that's, you know, assuming the worst for the Chiefs. Hopefully they don't even have to worry about this. Maybe Tyron Matthew at that point uh, might end up going as an alternate. But nonetheless, you got six players in the Pro Bowl. Uh, that's pretty good. Getting six players, you know you're doing something right. And certainly fans, uh, you, you know, who, who have a big say in this as well with the voting process, uh, they're certainly recognizing Kansas City's dominance. Uh, so can't argue with that at all. I do think it's funny, though, that the Ravens ended up with something like, I want to say 12 in there. Like, pretty much, a, you know, I think 12 or along 13, the offensive yeah. line especially, you know, they were pretty much like, eh, all right, give it to a Raven. Give it to a Raven. The Patriots uh, had zero, yeah. by the way. That was funny. Say what? The Patriots had zero, I believe. Really? Is that correct? I find I that really hard to believe because then. if, I mean, like, there, there's no way they don't have any pro bowlers. Stephon Gilmore is okay, absolutely because- a pro bowler. Uh, Devin McCourty uh, ought to be. Oh, There's no mind. way they have. Uh, Maybe not on scratch offense. That. But. Scratch that. I don't know why I said that. I saw something about that on social media, but I just looked it up. It says only three Patriots. I like how the article from Pro Football Talk says only three. <laughs> uh, but no, they, there were Patriots players who made the Pro Bowl. So I'm just an idiot. Uh, forget what I said. Uh, DJ, do you have any thoughts on the on the Chiefs Pro Bowlers? Let me be clear. I don't really care about the Pro Bowl. That being said, yes, you do. Once the said, once the list that comes being out, said, how has Mitchell Schwartz never been to a Pro Bowl? <laughs> that is he's that's been, actually I, I forgot that he's that a first team All Pro question. once. He's a second team All Pro twice, and he's never been to a Pro Bowl. And this year, he's not going to go to a Pro Bowl because Trent Brown's going to the Pro Bowl from the Raiders. <laughs> that's yeah, funny. Mitchell Schwartz. I didn't realize he had never been to a Pro Bowl. That genuinely shocks me. I would have figured he'd been in quite a few times, but I guess that's what happens when you play the early part of your career in Cleveland. Yeah, uh, I mean, offensive linemen look and fans defense in the defense for fans. It is hard to really know. I mean, even the media cannot tell you who the best offensive linemen are in the game. We don't have a lot of stats for those guys unless you're paying thousands of dollars for those premium pro football focused stats. Uh, which screw that. Um, so, look, it is kind of a hard thing to vote on. I know players have a say in this as well, but it's mostly the fans that their their votes matter the most. But in any event, you know, you got six Pro Bowlers, and hopefully none of them will be going to the Pro Bowl this year. Uh, before we get into Chiefs-Bears playoff picture, uh, so got a couple of big games uh, this weekend uh, to keep an eye on before the Chiefs and Bears take the field at Soldier Field on Sunday night. So on Saturday, oh well, first let me just go over the standings. Number one, you got the Ravens, twelve and four. Patriots, eleven and three. Chiefs are ten and four, and the Texans are nine and five. One through four in that order. Got to be careful a little bit. 
uh, because if you do drop a game, if, and if the Texans win, they do have the tiebreaker over you because of the win in October, whereas the Chiefs, they know the same thing applies for the Patriots. The Patriots have got to be careful because if they lose and the Chiefs win, then the Chiefs surpass them because of the recent victory earlier this month against the Patriots. Um, now, the Ravens do play on Sunday at Cleveland, and look, I think they've got the number one seed locked up, so it's, it's hard to think that they're going to be falling out of it. The number two seed is off for grabs, whereas you got the Patriots playing the Buffalo Bills. It's a home game, but the Chiefs did expose that, yeah, the Patriots can be beaten even at home. The Texans proved it, the Ravens have proved it, and the Bills they're knocking on the door. They're not just playing for a playoff spot. They're playing for the top spot in the division. So that'll be a hard-fought game on Saturday. And then, I, I I don't know the schedule, which Saturday game comes first, but the Texans also play on Saturday, and that is against Tampa Bay. So if Tampa Bay can pull out some sort of miracle on that one, and I'm sure that'll be an interesting offensive showdown, uh, that'll definitely uh, be a big solid for Kansas City. So keep an eye on the Saturday games uh, with the Texans and the Patriots, and then, of course, the Ravens on Sunday afternoon. And then the Chiefs will be playing on Sunday Night Football, and we'll get into that right now. Chiefs and Bears preview. Now, before we get into that, DJ, real quickly, if you can just give me a bit of a gist, because you live in Chicago, of course. Yeah. I'm a little surprised they announced before the Bears lost that they're not going to flex out of it because the Bears are out of it now. They can't make the playoffs. So I don't know across the country how much interest – there is in this game. Sure, the Chiefs have some interesting stakes in the playoffs right now, given their stance, but the other team doesn't have anything to play for right now. What is the inter- level interest in Chicago for this game, this primetime game? Tickets are dropping. The prices have dropped, I would say, about $150 per ticket. Uh, I was looking on Sunday, I'm sorry, Monday morning, and the nosebleeds, like the worst place you could be in the corner, uh, completely back of the end zone. We're still going for 200 a ticket. Those are going for like 80 a ticket now. Um, yeah, the weird thing, I I expected the game to be flexed, and the game I thought they would flex would be the Cowboys-Eagles, but I guess they couldn't flex that game. I, I think, I'm assuming, Fox was allowed to prevent that from happening they're probably probably the game that was going to be flex that i saw at least on twitter was uh tennessee new orleans and when tennessee lost they decided not to flex that game into sunday night so that's why they kept it bears chiefs i think obviously because the you know petra mahomes is the the draw there but yeah yeah i I, I don't know people aren't tuning in to watch mitchell trubisky You know, I I really don't think so. <laughs> I have to. I have I'm to sure admit. before the season, when they put this on the schedule on primetime, they were hoping that the storyline would be, you know, Patrick Mahomes versus Mitchell Trubisky. You know, can Trubisky prove that he was taken first for a reason? But now, I mean, that's not even a story. I mean, the, the, you've got Bears players and coaches that are pretty much trying to fight for their jobs at this point, trying to at least end the season on, on a positive note. Uh, as far as the weather goes, oh, by the way, DJ, do you plan on attending? I looked into it, and I'm I'm 99.9% sure I'm not going to go unless something crazy happens in the last second for two reasons. One, I have to work the next day, and I wouldn't probably get home until midnight um, with that game. That's fair. And second reason is, and I think I've talked about it before with you guys, I watching the games at home under TV is so much better as far as seeing what actually happens in the game. When you're at the game... 
you really miss a lot. And I do agree. Yeah, and so I and the reason why I go to Arrowhead is for the tailgating and the atmosphere during the game and like the camaraderie. I'm not going to get that in a Bears game. <laughs> I, I saw the video from a couple, uh, what was that, a week and a half ago or two weeks ago with the Cowboys Bears with the fight in the tunnel. I I, I don't need to be part of that or even be close to that. I, I, I'd rather just, I'd rather sit in the comfort of my own home, right in front of my Christmas tree, watching the game, watching the Chiefs win. I mean, I'll go back to Arrowhead one day, but I haven't, I haven't been gone. I haven't been in there in a long time, and to me, I've just enjoyed the home viewing experience better. Zach, what kind of a sports fan are you? Are, are you more, you know, I gotta be there, or do you like watching from home? I mean, I have become accustomed to watching at home more just because of the fact that, you know, it, it was more of a money thing for me more on more often than not. But I That's do love me a good tailgate yeah. and going out to Arrowhead just because you know any opportunity I can get to see it live, I do enjoy it. Um, you know, I happen to you know, have had the good fortune to be a fan of both uh, the Chiefs and the Kansas Jayhawks, both of whom have, in my opinion, the best home field advantage uh, or certainly best home field atmosphere uh, in their respective sports. Just to be sports, clear, so. you're talking KU basketball, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, wanted, I've been to my be fair share of that. KU football games too, but I think, yeah, <laughs> I don't think anybody on the podcast uh, or out there listening would think that uh, I am calling M- Memorial Stadium a home field advantage. Certainly hoping that Les Miles gets that turned around. But in the meantime, yeah, you know what I was trying to say there. But yeah, I love going no, out to I'm, see I'm the games in person. No, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a hard time. I know what you meant. Surely there's one person that heard that was probably thinking that you said KU football. But any in any event, no, I do agree with you guys. I, I, I just think, you know, you're not in long lines. You know, you can just get a beer instantly and all that and... Uh, also, you know, I can get one beer, or uh, sorry, six beers for the price of one beer there. Not that it's that always a volume Absolutely. play, but that part doesn't suck. Uh, by the way, thank uh, God, the because, other... you know, with the, the amount of tailgating that goes on, could you imagine if those beers were like 2 or $3 a piece? Oh, for sure. Uh, the last thing I'll say on this is, you know, with the TV deals that the NFL has invested in now, uh, I mean, they don't want empty seats, but... They do prefer the home viewing experience because what does the NFL brag about? Do they brag about attendance or do they brag about ratings? It's the ratings. That's all it is at the end of the day. So certainly the NFL uh, would love to, to, to hear what we're saying right now. I mean, that, that'd be music to their ears. But nonetheless, uh, the Chiefs do play in Chicago. That'll be a Sunday night game. So obviously the announcers for this game, Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, as for the weather, high 30s, small chance of rain, uh, winds at nine miles an hour. And maybe that'll change as we get closer and closer. Uh, Referee for this one, Carl Cheffers. He officiated the Chiefs and Jags game, the first game of the year for the Chiefs. Obviously, you know, TV map applies to this. Uh, Head coach for the Bears, a name we're all familiar with, Matt Nagy. He was the offensive coordinator in 2017. He served under Andy Reid from 2008 through 2017 with the Eagles and the Chiefs. Second year as the head coach of the Bears, was the head coach of the year last year, and now is the coach of the year that everyone loves to hate in Chicago. Uh, It has not been a pretty one. I know a lot of the complaints in Chicago have been about Mitchell Trubisky and Matt Nagy, probably in that order. Maybe some fans would disagree and say Matt Nagy first and then Mitchell Trubisky. But, you know, uh, I, I was doing a, a, a hit with a, uh, Chicago podca- a Chicago Bears podcast online, that's and right. they were um, they were talking about the offensive line and how that's been a big issue for them. The offensive coordinator, Mark Helfrich, 
longtime college football assistant coach, was the head coach of the Oregon Ducks from 2013 to 2016. While it was nice for him to coach at his home state, uh, had a 37-16 and record. He was 4-8 and in his final year, so he was let go. And when it comes to points per game, total offense, passing, and rushing, the Bears are 25th and below in all of those categories, basically in the bottom eight in those four categories. You look at Trubisky, 17 touchdowns, excuse me, 10 picks, 31 sacks this year. Uh, He's had an average of six, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, 6.0 and 6.2 yards per scramble in the first two years. This year it's a 4.3, so he's even kind of regressed in that category as well. Now you've got David Montgomery, uh, a rookie that I was hoping the Chiefs would have gone after uh, to replace Kareem Hunt and have go alongside Damian Williams. Uh, he has not been too great, but not too terrible. Uh, averaging three and a half yards a carry. That's the third most among NFL rookies. Uh, his um, his uh, total yardage, that is, 719 yards. Five touchdowns. Also has a touchdown catch. Ran for 39 yards last week, though. Pro Bowler uh, Tariq Cohen. Uh Obviously serviceable for the Bears. Ran eight times last week. Second most carries he's had uh, this season. And not running the ball very well, but special teams player as well. Has really came through in the receiving game as well. Uh, Has been very active in that. Allen Robinson, in my opinion, a very underrated receiver since his Jacksonville days. uh, Just eclipsed the 1,000-yard receiving mark. Seven touchdowns. He had 80, uh, excuse me, has 83 catches. Um, That is 10th most in the NFL. Uh... He had 125 yards last week against Green Bay. And also, uh, I can't remember who it was. Somebody else had 100 yards last week as well. I believe that was Anthony Miller. Uh, a lot of people have been waiting for Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller to step up. Kind of like you know what we've seen a couple of years now with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and how those two have been great pass catchers for uh, Patrick Mahomes. And you know, Chicago fans have been waiting for this to come to fruition. And it's happening a little bit late, but... Hopefully they can carry it over to next season. That's the hope right now if you're a Bears fan. Uh, Taylor Great Gabriel, another receiver. He's been out with a concussion for some time. Uh, for now, it seems like it's unlikely he plays this Sunday, though. As far as the offensive line goes, uh, not a lot of good players on this offensive line. One name I will mention is the left tackle, Charles Leno Jr. He certainly will have his hands full with Frank Clark as he has struggled quite a bit this year. Uh, DJ, I'll start with you. What is your biggest takeaway Looking at the Chiefs' offense against the Bears' defense. So I actually expect that the Chiefs will do pretty well against the Bears' defense. So the Bears' defense has not been as good as it was last year. I'm not exactly sure the reason. I know they have, they've had some injuries on defense. Um, Khalil Mack has kind of been, you know, not as dominant. I don't know if that's just because they've been, you know, more effective at double-teaming him uh chipping him but i you know i look at the last couple weeks and the the, the progression from the chiefs offense and particularly with patrick mahomes and he's he's really been more comfortable i think getting adjusted and acclimated to the injuries that he's had and being more comfortable stepping up in the pocket and trusting himself to make plays you saw that in the the two-point conversion i mentioned earlier where he made a few moves where, you know, it was like five or six moves to try to get uh, in a position to make that throw to Sammy Watkins. So it's going to be a challenge. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't think the Bears 
are going to give up and just lay down. I think the Bears, will, you know, it's a Sunday night game, and they'll be pumped. They're playing the Chiefs. It's Matt Nagy versus uh, Andy Reid. Um, yeah. But I do I, I do expect the Chiefs offense to still be clicking. I really want to see if that run offense can get going, though, because it, it just hasn't. Um, it did a little bit in the first couple weeks of the season, but ever since then we haven't really seen that. So that's what that's what I'm really looking to see us do is be able to run the ball a little bit more effectively. By the way, I like your answer. I just realized I kind of screwed that up with that question. I asked you about the Chiefs' offense against the Bears' defense. Is that what I asked? I think that's what I said earlier. But, uh, Zach, I'll turn the question to you. Uh, the Bears' offense, how do you feel about them going up against this Chiefs' defense? Uh, I think that the Chiefs' defense is in pretty solid shape. I mean, I know you mentioned that, uh, you know, on the offensive line, they've got Charles Leno, who has evidently been to more Pro Bowls than Mitchell Schwartz, which I find absolutely laughable. He was a Pro Bowler last year, but has really struggled this year. And uh, hopefully as Frank Clark continues to get back to full strength, uh, he has some fun with that this week. I mean, I really do think that the defensive front, uh, especially now that we have Terrell Suggs in there, I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw Terrell Suggs go you know, facing something other than a double team. I have a funny feeling we'll get to see that this Sunday just because, realistically, you've got Chris Jones and Frank Clark also drawing a lot of offensive line attention. So I have a funny feeling that between those three, they're going to have Trubisky running uh, or making ill-advised decisions with his arm. And, you know, all of that, I mean, I'm definitely way more confident in the Chiefs' defense versus the Bears' offense than I am the Chiefs' offense against the Bears defense simply because you know I mean if you had asked me coming into this game you know especially during the offseason I would have said like all right so it's going to be strength versus strength weakness versus weakness we'll see what happens but with the way this Chiefs defense is playing now I don't think you can call it weakness versus weakness anymore because the Chiefs defense is no longer a weakness yeah and it's it's really nice to see them come alive and you kind of joked about it earlier but you're also being serious when you said it. You know, they're not going to really get tested this week either against this uh, Bears offense. But, hey, you never uh, take any opponent lightly. And I'm sure Andy Reid and uh, Steve Spagnuolo definitely preparing this defense. Because, uh, you know, look, Trubisky has had some flashes. So you never want to take any opponent lightly. So you know he's capable of doing that at any time. You look at the Bears defense, which is coached by Chuck Pagano, long time in the NFL and in college as well as an assistant, was the... Uh, head coach of the Colts from 2012 to 2017. Everyone remembers his story and uh, and what he had gone through there. Uh, one, one of the uh, really a special moment, and I know that was really hard for uh, Jim Irsay and that Colts front office to part ways with him, given what they had all gone through with Pagano. Uh, but as far as the Bears' defense, this is a pretty good defense. Third in points per game, eighth in total defense, 13th against the pass, and 6th against the run. You look at some of the Pro Bowlers they have there. Defensive lineman Akeem Nix, cornerback Kyle Fuller, three picks, leads the team in that category. Safety Eddie Jackson. Uh, he and Kyle, Kyle Fuller have been a really good cornerback safety duo. Uh, they've been really good, so he's definitely an, a guy to keep your eye on. And then edge defender Khalil Mack, 7.5 sacks, 5 forced fumbles. That's tied for 4th most in the NFL behind three players that have six forced fumbles. 
Now, as far as non-pro bowlers, you got a couple of good players as well who have contributed. Safety, ha-ha, Clinton Dix. He's got two picks. He's a very solid safety. I know he was drafted by the Packers and did some good things for them. This is a name you guys might remember. Uh, linebacker Kevin Pierre-Lewis. Uh, he is a defensive player who has contributed quite a bit uh, for Chicago lately. So, uh, a couple of notable names on there that... Uh, you know, Clinton Dix, of course, a first-round first, first round pick, if I remember correctly. And Pierre Lewis is a player mm-hmm. who, obviously, Chiefs fans uh, remember in Kansas City. Uh, I know I kind of went over it uh, with, with you guys, but is there anything you guys want to add on to this defense? I mean, I do think it'll be kind of fun to watch, uh, you know, Kendall and Kyle Fuller go at it. Uh, albeit, obviously, both are cornerbacks. But uh, yeah. it'll be interesting to see the, you know, brotherhood and the gamesmanship that comes with that. Uh, coming to fruition. I wouldn't be surprised if each of them ends up with a pick in this game. Yeah, I'd like to... I want to see how much uh, Terrell Suggs plays. My guess is it'll be obvious passing downs, not, you know, anything crazy. Um, to start. It'll be limited, yeah. Yeah, um, but I, 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 I would be shocked if he didn't play a few downs in this game. And I, our defense is clicking right now, and I don't think the Bears' offense is any different or better than the last four or five offenses we've seen. You know, the last time we kind of were beat down by an offense was by the Titans and Derrick Henry, um, which maybe that was an anomaly, but I, I'm, I'm confident in the defense, and I, I think we'll, we'll be able to handle them pretty well. Uh, real quickly, let's look at special teams. Chris Tabor is the special teams coordinator, and I always have fun doing research on these uh, coordinators. Uh, you never know, you know, what you'll run into and what connections they have to Andy Reid or just Kansas City in general. So Tabor was born in St. Joseph, Missouri, which is, of course, where the Chiefs have training camp. He played college ball at Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas, which is somewhat close to St. Joe. He's been an assistant coach at Hutchinson, Central Methodist, Mizzou, uh, Culver Stockton, obviously Mizzou sticks out to everybody, but uh, uh, those other schools I mentioned, if you have a lot of familiarity with colleges in Kansas and Missouri, then you've heard of those schools. So Chris Tabor's kind of had a, a fingerprint uh, when it comes to, uh, all over college football in Kansas and Missouri. He definitely has a lot of famili- familiarity with those um, with those areas. So it's kind of cool to see uh, these kinds of um, these kinds of things that you look up uh, when when it look when it, when you talk about upcoming opponents in their the coordinators, uh, but nonetheless, special teams not so great for the Chicago Bears. Eddie Pinario, I believe is how you say it. He's eighteen of twenty-three. Uh, Bears still have uh, still have kick, uh, kicking issues. Uh, two of six from forty to forty-nine yards. Pat O'Donnell, he's outside of the uh, top twenty in punting averages. Uh, he's allowed two hundred twenty-nine punt return yards. That is the eighth most. So I mean, is that really his we- fault, though? No, I mean, look, that's that's part of it. I th- I think uh, I think the entire special teams defense has a hand in that. So, if anything, maybe that's a sign that the Chiefs special teams can come through and finally take one to the house. We haven't seen that in a very very long time. And it feels like a very very long time by our standards, at least. Um, Punt returner Tariq Cohen. I mentioned Pro Bowler, two hundred eighty four yards, second most. Cordero Patterson, kick returner, leads the league. With 799 yards. So we just mentioned special teams defense for the Bears. The Chiefs special teams defense definitely needs to be ready as well. And by the way, Patterson does have a kick return of 102 yards. That is the longest return this season. All right, I turn it over to you guys. Zach, I'll go to you first. What is your score prediction for this game? 
I'm going to say 31-24 Chiefs. Ah, no, I'm not. I'm going to say 31-14 because there's no way Trubisky hangs no. 24 on us. Just kidding. Y- y- you were too nice, and then you just I almost you, you, you turned into a jerk uh, to Bears fans. Um, Sorry, guys. DJ, I mean, wh- Trubisky's just Trubisky. So, yeah, I think that the game's going to look a lot more like the one that we just played, uh, though maybe less snow. But, you know, still the Chiefs beating down on somebody in orange and blue. So, yeah. What Go do you Chiefs. say, DJ? I'm on one to gloat. Um, but if we go back to the tape from last week's uh, podcast, I think I predicted the Broncos would only get three points, and I don't know. Yeah, and I, I laughed at you, know. so points for you, so, DJ. That was so, well played, sir. <laughs> I was a little off on the Chiefs points. I think I said they have 33, but I think it'll be 31-13. to 13. I think the, you know the Bears will get a touchdown there somewhere, whether it's on defense or uh, offense, but we should be in control of that game and win it pretty easily. I also like how 20... you took basically my score prediction, but added a missed extra point, which I think is hilarious because that's the most uh, embarrassing thing which that could, could possibly ab- happen. Absolutely could happen. I, I'm going to go 24-17. Look, I, I think the Bears' defense can actually cause a little bit of problems uh, with that front seven right there, and really their defense overall is pretty good. Uh, Khalil Mack against Eric Fisher, I think that's going to be a matchup I, I'm going to keep my eye on the most, but I think the Chiefs will f- find ways to make adjustments. Uh, Andy Reid is great at that, and Steve Spagnuolo has been great at that as well. They've actually been doing a good job making adjustments after the first quarter, which we all know about, the second quarter magic there. So uh, I think the Chiefs will you know, have a little bit of a hard time early on, but they'll pull away as the game goes on. So I'm going to go 24-17. Uh, with a win on the road, and hopefully uh, taking uh, second place in the AFC. I think uh, that is uh, more than doable this weekend. So uh, you probably know my uh, prediction for that uh, Bears, uh, uh, Bills and uh, Pats game, rather. So uh, we'll see how that all pans out this weekend. So keep an eye on the Saturday football, and then the Ravens on Sunday, and of course the Chiefs on Sunday night. Uh, real quickly, let's see, read a couple of texts, and then a couple of things I want to get into. I'm going to change the order this episode uh, again, 913-808-2119. That is the text line. Let's go to Daniel in Florida from the 626. Can Mahomes pass Lamar Jackson for MVP if the Chiefs beat the Ravens twice in one year? Uh, you know, I'll kind of rephrase that because the MVP voting happens right after the regular season and not after the playoffs. So it'll already be determined uh, before the playoffs even begin. Um, and obviously, by by that time, you can't play the Ravens twice. Uh so, question just in general. Can Mahomes pass Lamar Jackson? Look, Mahomes is having a good year. Bit of a step back year. It's okay. It happens. Lamar Jackson's just having the better year. I know a lot of people want to compare passing techniques. And I'll look, Lamar Jackson's just having the better year. I think he's got the MVP this year. I, I For this, I don't think there's much of a chance. But if there is, it requires Lamar Jackson to epically fail in some capacity you know whether we're talking like the kind of game where he throws three picks no touchdowns you know maybe loses a fumble running the ball or something like that and Mahomes is gonna have to go off for 400 yards and five touchdowns sort of game like it's gonna have to be those sorts of things you know the extremes on both sides to really change the MVP picture at the moment because Lamar Jackson has just been so stinking good Um, and that's not taking away anything from Mahomes let's be clear I recognize that for some fans that's how it sounds, but it really isn't. Like, Mahomes is very, very good at what he does, and Jackson is very, very good at what he does. 
you know, if you could design a quarterback with Mahomes' arm and accuracy, but Jackson's legs, you'd have probably the perfect quarterback. And also an offense that puts up 60 points a game easy. Totally agree. I mean, there's no, there, you know, Pat missing two, almost three games. Like basically I say 2.75 games. Um, you know, he still has thrown for, I think, eight or 900 more yards than uh, Lamar has. But, you know, Lamar is going to win the MVP. He's not going to throw six interceptions in the next two games and no touchdowns. I don't foresee Mahomes throwing 400 yards the last two games. He might even, I mean, depending on what happens with the uh, the Bills-Patriots uh, game, he, he might not play that much in the last game against the Chargers. So it's okay that he doesn't win the MVP every year. I think we have to, you know, it, it's it's great that he did. It's, it's great to have a Chiefs quarterback win the MVP. It's great to have a Chief win MVP. But I think we got spoiled last year. Um, he'll win it again. I have no doubt about that, but it, yeah, for this sure. Year, this year it's going to be Lamar Jackson. Uh, here's a last text, Aaron, out of the three one three from Front Royal, Virginia. Pretty sure I heard someone say before the year started that Casey would have a top five offense and a top ten defense. Man, if only I could remember who that was. Uh, he, he's he's praising me. Aaron from Front Royal, Virginia. Aaron, Front Royal, Virginia, my kind of guy. Remind, now, the Chiefs are not... What are the Chiefs in total defense? I think they're still 18th, so not great. But they're just outside the top 10 in points allowed per game. So I think he's uh, helping me kind of gloat here. But you know what, Aaron from Front Royal, Virginia, you're my kind of guy, and I appreciate <laughs> you giving me some love here. But you know what, it works both ways. Because you know what Aaron from Front Royal, Virginia didn't do? He kindly did not remind us that I predicted that the Chiefs would go 19-0. See, what a guy there. But by the same token, I do just have to ask Farzine, is Aaron from Front Royal, Virginia, your burner account? <laughs> no, <laughs> Aaron's not my... Aaron, no, he's he's a longtime listener of the podcast. He uh, He's on social media. I have interacted with him. He's a nice guy. No, definitely not my burner account, I promise. No, obviously kidding. And, you know, I do think it's funny how he just lobbed that one up for you there. Because, yeah, you did call it. I mean, I remember thinking, yeah, top 10 defense? Yeah, that's cute. Not a chance. But, no, I'm very happy to eat those words. I think I said something to that effect, uh, you know, when we first had the discussion. Uh, yeah, you, you know, did. That if we could get to you know top ten in defense, I will happily chew on those words. And here I am; they taste delicious. DJ, what, what did you? What were your expectations for the defense before the year started? I think I said before I you know I I thought they'd start out slow, but just with the, all the new personnel and uh, new coordinator and new scheme, and so I I was hoping that we would see improvement week six early, week eight to ten late. That's kind of, I think, what's happened. Um, here's what I think is interesting, not to change the subject, but I kind of am. So everybody's talking about us playing the Ravens and how, you know, the Ravens are a different team than we played them back in week four, right? Or I'm sorry, week or, three. Yeah, week three. Week three. But I get, yeah, yeah, I get <clears> the idea. And week four, they lost to the Browns in Baltimore. Um Here's what I have not seen from Lamar Jackson. I could be wrong, but I I don't think I've seen it yet. I have not seen Lamar Jackson be down by a couple touchdowns. Like, you know, he was down, I think it was 23-7, to seven, I guess, the Chiefs uh, back in Week 3. And they were down a couple touchdowns against the Browns. I haven't seen 
his ability to pass his way back into the game. And that's what I'm interested to see in the playoffs. Is he going to be able to, if, if he gets down, and that's the way, I think that's the way you beat the, the Ravens. You get you get up a couple touchdowns on them. Are you going to be able to, is he going to be able to pass his way back into the game? Because at that point, you're not you're not going to be able to, to, to do the offense that you're accustomed to doing. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I get what you're trying to get at here. Uh, and that's actually a great question uh, and, and a good point, too. Uh, that's something we'll have to see, and it'll be inter- interesting to see if the if the Ravens do get put in that situation. How do you respond and react? But here's what I'll say. I know a lot of Chiefs fans don't like it when people say the defense needs improvement because their season average is still not great um, in certain areas. Uh, and they want to talk about the recent Chiefs defense. But these are also the same Chiefs fans who are so quick to mention Week 3 and how the Chiefs beat the Ravens. And it's like, look, both teams are different. Yeah, sure, Mahomes is a little bit healthier now, but that Ravens defense has also gotten a lot better too. Uh, you know, if these two teams play each other right now, the, the game we saw before will not pan out the same way the second time. And I'm not talking about the final score and the victory. I'm just talking... Overall, from from start to finish, you're going to see a different football game, I think. Which I think is kind of the point. I mean, like, it'd be kind of boring if we, you know, if games were played on paper, so to speak. Like, you know, we would already know how things were going to turn out. But they're not, and that's what makes this fun. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, like you said, DJ, it'll be interesting to see if we can get out to an early lead against that Ravens team because... You know, realistically, the Chiefs' best run defense is our offense, and it's not particularly close. It, it, you know what's annoying? You know, Chiefs fans are quick to say, well, Patrick has beaten Lamar Jackson twice. You know, he's the real MVP. Okay, I hate that comparison. Okay, look, so uh, the Chiefs have lost to the Titans in three straight games. You know, and I understand Patrick wasn't the quarterback for all of them, but Let's just say, you know, this year, you know, the Chiefs losing to the Titans. Does that mean Ryan Tannehill, you going by what some Chiefs fans logic, that, that logic they're using, does that mean that Ryan Tannehill is a better quarterback than Mahomes? No, of course no, not. No, so, it means Derrick Henry I, I, is. <laughs> that, that, that's that's a good point, too. Lamar Jackson's um, a well, better running back than Derrick you know Henry, by the way. Yeah, you know, I know what you meant. Uh, you know, I've just never liked that comparison. Uh, in any event, if you guys want to text in 913-808-2119, a couple topics I want to get through quickly. First of all, this Patriots Spygate 2.0, whatever you want to call it. So Fox Sports came out with exclusive footage of the some a Bengals a security guard actually filmed what was what he was seeing. He actually caught the Patriots videographers, two of them were there, red-handed. And he started filming on his phone what they were filming on their viewfinder. basically. And he's having a conversation with them as he's filming it. The videographers are claiming they were filming a scout. It clearly shows they are filming the Bengals players uh, and the Bengals sideline. And the videographer at one point says, um, I can delete it. The security guard laughs and says, no, the damage has been done. And the videographer says, no, because once we delete it, it's gone. We can forget about it. Ha ha ha. Okay. Look, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with iCloud uh, if you have an iPhone. When you take a picture, I don't use iCloud. I used it very beginning when it first came out and it just wasn't for me. Uh, But if you remember when I did take a picture on my phone, it would come up on my laptop and on my iPad. Um, if you have a, uh, a video camera or, or just a, a, a photo camera, 
I, I have a Canon uh, that I take pictures with. Uh, photography is kind of a hobby that I've gotten into in the last year a little bit. Still kind of learning about it, but uh, I digress. So in my Canon, I have uh, an SD card, and I can also take pictures without the SD card. So there's memory in the camera itself. Here's what I'm trying to get at here. There are video cameras out there that you know you can record into the camera's memory bank. You can also record into a cassette tape. You can also record into um, some some cameras have a slot for uh, flash drives, USB drives. So we're in 2019, almost 2020. There are video cameras that are capable of recording to multiple devices at once. And just because you delete it on one device doesn't mean it has not been transferred already within a blink of an eye. That's how much technology has changed. So for this Patriots videographer to go, oh, yeah, we can just delete it, wink, wink. Yeah, right. Look, and this Bengal security guy, he may not be the most tech-savvy guy in the world, but he's also not dumb. He, He realizes that... This, this footage is probably already being saved online somewhere in, you know, the Patriots email database that they all interact with. So I am not buying for one second that they just, you know, they said, yeah, delete it. We'll move on. Noth- like nothing happened. Come on. Well, and I just think like, you know, the audacity to, of that videographer to think like, all right, you know, how stupid does he think the security guard is, man? Like, you know, like you said, it's 2019, but... Uh, spoiler alert, willing to bet that that security guard wasn't born yesterday because, you know, let's be real, an infant would make for a terrible security guard. Uh, but I think it's <laughs> hilarious that the, uh, you know, the Pat's videographers, like, I mean, I-, I imagine that this is probably like how parents are when, you know, the kid is very obviously lying about something that, uh, exactly. you know, she has done. Yes. Um, uh, like, I mean, frankly, I'm just thinking about it to myself. It's like, all right, this is clearly the way my parents had to feel when I was, you know, spinning a story about something that I had done or, uh, you know, just pretending like, yeah, we, we can make it all go all right, way, right? I didn't really do these things, except, yep, sure did. That window's still broke, Zach. Um, you know, I just think it's funny Damn. that they even gave that a shot. They've, they've lost the benefit of the doubt um, multiple oh, times yeah. now. So, <clears throat> they... <laughs> So the last fine was what five hundred thousand to Belichick in a first round pick. I, I think the NFL has to come down harder. I think it's going to be a million dollar fine and two first round picks, and, and an asterisk on Belichick's bust in Canton. And I appreciate you saying the correct version of asterisk and not asterisk because people do that too often. Oh, but, thank you. I agree. Yeah, um, but the way I look at it is as an attorney, for example. I'm not going to be I, – I can't make a mistake and then look at my paralegal and say, well, it was my paralegal's fault. The buck stops with me. Um, so same thing with the Patriots organization. The buck stops with the top, and it's Belichick is at the top. He has to he has to get fined heavily again. Um, some people have called for him to be suspended. And, uh, eh, I mean, it's something to discuss, but – they should they they need to be punished more than just a just a fines. I've I've seen that out there. Come on, yeah. you, you're not accidentally filming the sideline. And that that audio as soon as I saw that audio, I was like, 
there's something untoward about this. There's this, this is not right. There 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 was something going on. And why the Bengals? Like, of all teams, you get caught against the Bengals. A rookie head at least, coach. The, at least the Bengals security is better than the actual team. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a fair um, point. Though it just that's caught me thinking there for a second, like recognizing what Spygate was. You know, can you imagine for a second? And I know that it's obviously not you know. The, the player safety implications on this are not quite, uh, you know, apples to apples here. But could you imagine if Greg Williams got caught running another bounty in his oh, locker Jesus. room as a defensive coordinator? He would be gone without a shred of doubt. And I recognize yeah. that obviously these are two differing magnitude of offenses here. Like, I get that. But, you know, is it out of the question to see a suspension for Belichick here for this being offense number two? I mean, I would imagine that something needs to escalate here. But I it as of right now it sure doesn't look like it's going to. Well, here's what yeah. I here's what I hate about um, this whole thing. If I was a Patriots fan, I would be disgusted. And I have a friend on Twitter that's a big Patriots fan, and you know, has talked about it um, this way. You know, I was a, a huge Bulls fan, and they won six championships. If if it was tarnished in any way by secretly filming uh, teams you know, deflating basketballs or something like that. It, it would suck because you're always trying to defend your team's championships and reputation against these charges of cheating. And the Patriots are always going to have that over them. And I, I, I just don't understand why they would just keep engaging in that. I don't imagine that's the only way that they can win, but but they've got a history. And it, it, it's not a coincidence. These are not coincidences. I, I do want to move on. I actually wanted to talk about the Raiders and that choke they had uh, against the Jaguars, which the best part about that, former Chiefs wide receiver Chris Conley had two touchdowns in the, in the fourth quarter of that game. Uh, and then the fans threw trash on the field in that final game in Oakland, which was fitting. But I just summed it up right there. We don't need to get into it. Let's talk about something better. So Star Wars is coming out this weekend. Episode 9, the last Star Wars, I believe. I know the Mandalorians out there. I actually haven't seen it. I'm letting them. I'm letting the episodes build up because they're only releasing it once or twice a week. But Star Wars Rise of Skywalker this weekend. Are either of you guys going? Absolutely. Do I need to probably go out and buy my tickets because I'm realizing that my what worked in Kansas City probably isn't going to work in New York? Yes. I definitely have not DJ, purchased those tickets yet and need to. <laughs> DJ, are you, a, are you a Star Wars guy? I hope you guys don't hate me. Uh, I, I'm not a huge Star Wars. I, I, I don't hate Star Wars, but I'm not the guy that needs to be first in line. So I'll watch it eventually, but I don't need to be there first in line to see see Star Wars. I, I need to because I just know spoilers are going to come out. I, I went to see that. Avengers Endgame and I I saw what happened on Twitter because, yeah. Um, so the when the Tyree Kill audio came out, someone uh, commented and said uh, he he's uh, going to be dead like whoever died in, in Endgame, which I'm, I'm kind enough to not spoil this. Uh, Zach, I want to ask you. Dude, Endgame has been did, out did, how long now? You could... I don't think it's a spoiler. It's already out on Disney Plus. Well, okay, that, fair enough. It it sucked to see Ant Man died. It it really did. Um, real quickly, DJ. Um, so DJ, you have seen the Star Wars movies, though, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And they're okay. They're, I don't think they're bad. I like I uh, I what, like them. What order did you guys watch? Did you guys see Episode Four first or Episode One first? Um, four. 
So, you know, Zach, I, how about in, you? I was born in 79, so I saw four, five, six, I guess would be the order, right? Oh, okay. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. Yeah. See, being born uh, in 94, I did actually see one first. Because that was like it so coming back oh for the first time, and I couldn't, I didn't totally understand why my parents were so hyped about it. And then I saw it, and then I got it. Um, and then I went and watched the other ones, and then, you know, I still, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm one of those Star Wars fans who actually defends the prequels, so yeah, that'll probably get me some smoke on Twitter, but whatever. You uh, know what? I saw the first I, one I, first. I did not like the third one, Revenge of the Sith. I actually like the first one, which a lot of people think it's one of the worst movies ever. I thought the first one was really good. Second one, I didn't, I get it, I didn't care about so much. Third one, in my opinion, just sucked. The ending, of course, was massive when you <laughs> learn about, you know, Luke and Leia. I mean, they're born, but they're also separated. So I do think that was very interesting and in how that leads into. I haven't seen Solo or Rogue One yet. Are those good movies? Yeah. They are both very good. I think Rogue One is better than Solo, but they are yes. definitely worth your time. I will definitely have to uh, check that out. I people, mean, it'll be the holiday, so I'll have some downtime soon. That's on my list of things to do. I think people hated the first one because of uh, Jar Jar Binks. I think they did not like that character. Uh, certainly, certainly fair enough. Certainly understandable. But I'm sure a lot of people will be checking that out this weekend. Hey, uh... Appreciate you guys joining us. Zach, I know you're not going to be on uh, Tuesday's episode, so we probably won't have a chance to talk much since then. So Merry Christmas to you. Appreciate everything you've done for this podcast. And I know we'll, uh, the next time you'll be on, it'll, it'll be 2020. So uh, happy holidays to the both of you guys, and uh, definitely appreciate all the work you guys have put in for this podcast. Hey, thanks for having us, man. I mean, I'm certainly grateful to have had the chance to join on here and uh, excited to see where we go here in 2020. Uh, and glad that there's another co-host who can, you know, certainly, you know, well, obviously adding a ton when it's all three of us. I'm certainly feeling good about the fact that it's not just going to be you talking to yourself next week. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is true. That is for sure. Uh, DJ, appreciate all of your help as well, man. Uh, and definitely been a good addition to the podcast. I appreciate that. I, I love talking to you guys. Uh, we're a good team. And uh, you guys have a Merry Christmas. Uh, although I'll talk to you, obviously, uh, Farzine. uh a couple days before um but yes looking forward to the new year and uh chiefs playoff run yes a lot to talk about we will be back on uh tuesday the 24th we'll recap the game between the bears and chiefs and preview week 17 the final game of the year for the chiefs again a final game for everybody uh chiefs against the chargers we will discuss that game as well and what playoff scenarios could take place all of that and much more on Tuesday's episode. So stay tuned for that. Appreciate all of you guys downloading and listening to this episode. Subscribe to the podcast. Spread the word to your friends on social media. Share the links. 913-808-2119. The text line at Farzine21, at ZStegna on Twitter, and at ChiefsFanshi on Twitter and on Facebook. You can interact with me on there. Facebook.com slash Vesugian on Facebook. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. For Zach Segna, DJ Evans, and I am Farzi Vasugian. Appreciate all of you guys for downloading and listening to this once again. Enjoy your weekend, enjoy the football, and we'll talk to you guys early next week. Take care.